thank you for taking your time to join us again. Every time we come together, it's a new opportunity for you to take some time of your daily life to kinda have your own time together with Oz and Carrie. We appreciate that you actually take that time for yourself. I mean, some of us go to school, a lot of homeworks. Some of us are going to a lot of soccer practices, coming home tired, do school work, we need to go to work the next day and there's so much other bullshit that comes with it. And some of us have some drama in life, some of us um, don't really find that opportunity to relax, calm down, be on your own. I'm just, as you went through that speech, very good speech so far. Thank you. But I, I'm just imagining it like you're a host of some radio show, some smooth jazz playing yeah. right now. Yeah, maybe we can put some jazz music in the background. Yeah. Maybe. say welcome once again to the smooth hour <laughs> <laughs> welcome again to the hour with oz and carrie i mean seriously though you know uh, sometimes it feels like there's so much stuff going on in our daily lives that it's such a high pace all the time it's like from one thing to another and it's Try to figure out this solution. Try to do this. At the same time, keep your hopes and dreams alive, right? You, you, you motivate yourself to push on. You encourage yourself to push on. But sometimes that knock can hit you. Like, you, you can think to yourself, what the, what the f*** am I doing? You know? What is all this, right? Like, where are we heading? What's going to happen? And it's like those moments that you are not really imbalanced because you are hustling and grinding and you're trying so much that you're not really taking your time to relax. Instead of relaxing, now your worries kind of comes up instead. You're questioning. You're questioning everything. And, you know, whenever you come and take your time, even if it's like one hour or ten minutes with us, it's a time when you dedicate for yourself that you can listen to some good soccer stories and the relationship me and Carrie have and everything that goes on in the soccer world and in life in general. I texted Carrie this weekend about his game and he said that... What did you say, man? I should actually read the text. Huh? Go for it. I should read that text. Don't read every text, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. There it is. Okay. Mm, lost 4-3 another good game they scored one fluke goal I was killing it on the left side yes <laughs> which is not yes. an exaggeration he's not no. it went well huh 
Yeah, it was, it was a good game. Uh, it's enjoyable games. Even teams. Uh, pretty good natured. And uh, I was killing it on the left side. I was. I was. For the first time, I compared myself to Christian Pulisic. Oh. For the first time, I've compared myself to Donovan, to Kaká, to Hazard, to Henri at times. Yeah. But for the first time, this just goes to show where Pulisic is. For the first time, I was now. I have now compared myself to him. So when you compared yourself to to Pulisic, right? What was it in his playing style that you felt like, okay, I kind of got it, or, you know, that's kind of the style I'm playing right now? It was very, rather direct, quick, sort of low center of gravity-esque, hazard-like, tough to handle. Mm. I was a a real handful on that side. You were slippery. Very slippery. That's a good word for it. Very slippery. Quick touches, quick dribbles, quick bursts of speed. I got the ball a lot with with uh, one twos, wall mm-hmm. passes, mm-hmm. which sometimes I, I I don't get as often as I would like. Every time I got the ball and I dished it off and I kept the run, begging for the return, and I got it and I just kept going and it was it was. But but, but you know, good, fantastic, man. Yeah. But you know, like when I think about your playing style, it's a little bit like that though, like. I think like or maybe your strength. Sure. Like when I think about your strength is you're a good passer, you're a good passer in those wall wall pass situations and get through you your defender and also get the touch to come into a quick good crosses yeah, crossing yeah. situations and like almost maybe what would I say? To be honest, six out of the ten you do excellent crosses. Is that a good six stat? Out of 10. Six out of ten. Um, I don't know if that's a good stat or not. No, I mean, I mean, it's 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 not easy to do good, perfect crosses every ten or ten. And not even I don't do that. I mean, did Bakarasanya do that as a right defender? Bakarasanya <laughs> was maybe two out of ten. Exactly. So I'm saying then you have better than crosses than Bakarasanya at uh, least, but not not crosses <laughs> like like. Beckham's, yeah. Uh, I mean, Beckham, man, is <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> okay, there's no one like high. Beckham. That's too high. Not good crosses. Like, uh, uh, let's take a Land United player. I think Tito Tito Fiala is very good crosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I still think we should compare it to Pulisic, um, in that way because he's very direct. Yeah, he's like yeah. going straight to the goal. He's uh, running very fast with the ball and barely loses, it feels like. Um, is that kind of how this game went for you? Yeah, for sure. I'll take that. Six out of ten, I'll take that, I guess. No, no, I'm at least seven out of ten. Seven? Seven out of ten. Okay, let's do at least six and a half out of ten and keep practicing. <laughs> it might be seven. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, it was very, very much like that with my... Comparisons to Pulisic, very direct, quick, uh, tough to handle. Mm. But you game, I asked you how your game went. Yes. And what did you say? Pull out your phone. I'll uh, uh, pull it up. Uh, look up. Um, I don't know if mine is more humble than his. <laughs> well, I did say I was killing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said, I've played good too. Uh, played striker, but that didn't go well. So switched to right back and scored a goal and almost had two assists uh, if they would have scored those easy chances. 
we won three to two. Boom. So yes, you were closer to the goal. Started closer to the goal as yeah. striker. Didn't do so well. Yeah, moved farther away from the goal. Yeah, and then that's when you scored. <laughs> yeah. It was easier. I came into more chances. I had more. Funny how that happens. It's because my runs from the right back all the way up to the you know to the penalty box basically. I'm making those long runs, and there's no one really that can pick me up, you know? So that, That's the benefit of a uh, attacking fullback. Yeah, and I realized a few times, you know, coming into those situations where I ran behind their defensive lines, like, what a weapon it is. Like, every time we had attack, I could be the one that made that run behind the defensive line and get open and find assists so one way i felt like i had a like a new striker position you know what i mean like almost the strikers starts from the back rather than start on top so i thought to myself man is it possible that you can have uh defenders as almost like strikers to hold the ball. And then you have offensive players from the back coming up. Have it reversed in a have way? Have it reversed, yes. I'm, I'm thinking... <laughs> I don't think like... Ronaldo or someone would like to think of it as... If he was... If you were to suddenly... If Zidane were to put Cristiano Ronaldo at right back. Mm-hmm. And say, no, no, no. Trust me. You'll be... You'll be You'll find more spaces. You'll be like really a striker that starts from defense. I don't think he'd you buy into think that. So? No, I don't think so. I mean, how would. many times? <laughs> how many times in this game that Real Madrid played this weekend did Carvajal, Marcelo have chances? I looked at it. They at least had like two chances each. Man, Marcelo had in the opening a chance, and imagine having like Sergio Ramos as a striker holding the ball. Passing to Isco, and then you already have, uh, so then, you know, Asenkri on the left. You so, have Vasquez on the right. So then, where are your and Bale on the left? Where are your and the Ronaldo on the right? Central defenders, like actual central defenders. Or you will you just play with everybody up front instead of the goalkeeper? Or will goalkeepers also find a way to move up as play strikers? In that way, I do a, <laughs> uh, I do a Wenger central defender like he did with Coquelin this weekend against oh, Manchester City. Oh, as a central defender. Yes. Yeah, in this game, we put down Casemiro and Tony Kroos to play. Not Tony Kroos, Casemiro to play in the back. Wow, dude. It could work. Imagine how off- offensive team that would be. Gareth Bale left back, Cristiano Ronaldo right. <laughs> you have Asenjo, Vasquez, Benzema, Ramos. Just completely the reverse. The reverse. Wow. Revolution, <laughs> guys. It's going to happen in revolution. It's always a fun time to go out there, kick the ball and score a goal or play good. You know, it made my day, really. Uh, it made my day. And uh, it was one of those, when I came home, I had uh, some time for myself and really like, oh, Oz. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Oz Coaching King. Oz Coaching King Soccer Podcast Show. You surprised me there. I did. 
did a reverse. <laughs> <laughs> It's that time again. Okay. We, I mean, we thought it, a lot of people, I think, thought it was over. Uh, but really, at least in Europe, not just in Europe, but in all over the world, it's really crunch time now. Yeah. It's stressful. I, it is it. Is yeah, it? It's exciting. It's definitely exciting. And yeah. I'm not even a part of it for once. But, well, I'm not usually a part of it, but. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> World Cup qualifiers. Oh come to their conclusion within the next week and a half, two weeks. Yes, it is scary. At the end of this week, I believe, that's once the European playoffs start. I think the game is on Friday. I believe that's right. We have a few games to look forward to. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch this game at a pub somewhere or on my own at home, but it's going to be... That's always the first question, the first hurdle. Do you want to watch it? At home, I mean, I don't know if, of any. You, you. There are several Swedish people here that you know that uh, here in Atlanta that you know that maybe you could watch the game with. Yeah, I could. So, do you want to watch it with the group of people, or because it's such a big game, Sweden versus Italy? Do you want to really sit at home and really focus and analyze the game by yourself? Because once you're with other people, it sometimes it's harder to do that. Exactly. I think it's more like actually there are some Italian people that I don't want to see, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, Italians winning this game, they were like, they will be like, what did you think? You know, would you think the opposite, that like you guys would win, something like that? I can't take the arrogance of Italian fans. Well, to be fair, yeah, maybe they are arrogant, but I think a lot of Italian fans realize they don't have the strongest Italy side in the past few decades. That's true. And Sweden, of those uh, lower seeded teams, yeah. I believe. It's universally accepted that Sweden were the team that no one wanted to play. True. So True. I know you're thinking, damn, we got Italy. That's the one team we don't want. Well, Italy's thinking the same, to yeah. be fair. So. And Italy has the pressure too, right? It's Italy at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And one goal for Sweden and the pressure is on them. So I'm kind of like, watch this game at home and analyze it or go to the pub and scream. Like, screams everyone will like, dude, that guy is crazy, or something like that, when Sweden is actually winning this game against Italy, what's going to happen on Friday? Mm-hmm. So, I kind of mm-hmm. interested in that. But if they lose, yeah, I might be very that. fast out of the pub. Yeah, there's disappointed. A, there's always the thought of losing, because you don't want to <sighs> be around. Swedish media is writing a, a lot about this game now. You know, interviews with the... Coach and the players, and uh, they are always optimistic. They're always optimistic, and they're always pessimistic when they lose in big tournaments. Hmm. Like, oh, how could we lose against Germany? 
or in, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like somehow. How they, could we lose against Germany of yeah, all teams? All teams, all teams. <laughs> how could we not pass the? Uh, how could we not even make it to the quarterfinals? How could we not have more possession than Spain? Come exactly. On. Yeah. Exactly. So if you look at the past, <laughs> the games we lost against in the playoff and like in the Euros, the World Cups, always been to one of the teams that made it to the semifinals. But yet, the Swedish media is always kind of like disappointed that we didn't come further. Mm. But did we actually expect that? Not really, right? Um, however, for this game, there are some articles writing about the situation of different players. And it's a lot of question marks, really, right? Victor Nilsson Lindelof, that this weekend was actually not even in, on the roster for Manchester United. In the game against Benfica last week, he was on the bench. And after that mistake that he did a couple of weeks ago, um, some people say that Jose Mourinho has lost his faith on him. And Phil gonna Jones be really... has been playing quite a bit. I mean, this weekend they play with Phil Jones, Eric Bailly, and Chris Smalling, you know. But there is a fact that United paid a lot of money for Victor, and he is a talent. But people are really like very quick on he's not gonna make it. He's he's you know um, he's, he, he's in the roster for Sweden. He's in the Is roster for Sweden. Else? But there are some worries that he his confidence is not the top, and is he you know ready for a fight like this? Then you have a few other players that kind of are in and out in their teams, and not in that many great teams either. So there, we will see what happens, but. I don't know that much about this Italian side, though. You know? I don't know really which players they are going to have to play. For a while, it felt like all the big clubs in Europe were having at least one or two great Italian players, you know? But now, it's... it's you don't know where of, the main threat is. I don't know. You know their defense. The defense, I we know with Bonucci, Chiellini... Yeah, yeah. Barzagli, maybe, maybe yeah. Rugani or something. We know the Buffon will yeah. be the keeper. Uh, he did not play. Is he injured? I don't know. He did not play this past weekend. Okay. So hmm. uh, even their second keeper is amazing, Donnarumma. So yeah, there you go. You know, so you know that back line, yeah. goalkeeper and back line. Yeah. Uh, going forward, I can say that Giro Immobile for Lazio has been having a very good season. Okay, but I don't know if he was would be someone that. Has defenders shaking in their boots or whatever. Uh, I mean, Insignia has been playing great lately too. So is El Shavari. Exactly, a, a comeback. Exactly. I mean, this ha- I'm happy to see El Shavari to come back and do some good stuff. But I mean, don't have that like Christian Vieri. Exactly. Or... Yeah, I mean, they don't have really those Gattusos, yeah. Paolo Maldinis, or yeah. you know, the the big player that we know them to always have. So, I don't know, if I was a Swedish national team player, I would have at least a little bit more like, you know what, this Italian side is beatable, yeah. you know, like, we can actually do it, um, and uh, together, we are unstoppable mentality can take them far, you know? I'm just curious, this literally just occurred to me as you were talking about Lindelof, yes. uh, but you say his confidence could be down due to his club performances, and sometimes that can translate to national team performances as well. They still struggle. But now I'm just thinking you get more comfortable with your national team, if anything. You could still be 
struggling with your technique or maybe you're you're thinking a second longer than you really should be we yeah. really just need to touch and pass and, yeah and you're hesitating now yeah but being back with i guess your kind your people yeah people that all speak the same language as you for some of these players that they've played in the national team for a while there is a familiarity with the national team and it could be a welcome break from club soccer so i just start to think i'm thinking now that coming back to your national team could actually be if anything more beneficial to a player's confidence that's totally. what i would think but yeah. it doesn't always work no, out you're right i mean in the sense of that he knows the environment and the roster and the people the formation he's been he knows playing the language language <laughs> he's been playing with them so you know ho- hopefully he can do good i think he will and uh, we'll see it's going to be definitely exciting you know i mean this is also, my last chance, <laughs> because your chance is already gone. For what? Oh, for the U.S., yeah. To yeah. be in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. What happened again? Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. That no. was the thing, that nothing really happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm going to go to a bar, and I'm going to be like, Papa de Boopy, <laughs> Papa de Boopy, to, to the Italian people. Will they be win. like... They probably will be, man. They probably will be. Um, What other games are you looking forward for the World Cup qualification? Well, I am curious for the North American side, the CONCACAF side, see if Honduras can beat New Zealand, which... They can, but I think that could be a such an exciting. I know countries that, in my head when you say like Honduras, Honduras and New Zealand. Zealand. I know that's that's those are two giants right there. Wow! But I am because purely from a Concacaf standpoint, it's nice to see another country come away to to a foreign country come away to a place like San Pedro Sula in Honduras, which. We here in the U.S. will always say, and other CONCACAF countries will always say, oh, it's so difficult playing away games in CONCACAF. Uh, but people in South America and Europe are yeah. like, oh, no, it's not that bad. But I know New Zealand's nowhere near their quality, but still. I mean, so like, at, least it's, at least it's another place in the world that will experience the difficulties of CONCACAF away football. I mean, I rather wish it was like, Sweden traveled to Honduras. Of course, they were going to Italy. 12, 13, 14 hours of flight, whatever it could be, to play against Honduras back <laughs> in Italy, man. That's true. That's fair. That's true. But I am curious. And I, New Zealand's a fun underdog story. They want, remember in 2010? Yeah, man. They yeah, went unbeaten right. in 2010. World Cup. No, in the World Cup. They were? They even tied Italy. I think they tied all three of their games, but still. That's they, impressive. It was. Um, so they're a fun underdog story. Gotta love the Kiwis. Yeah. Um, so if they win, there'll be a nice underdog story to follow in the World Cup. But for more, I guess, CONCACAF pride, even though there's not a lot of to be prideful about CONCACAF, but still, it'd be cool if Honduras goes through. Who's, yeah. Who do you think will win? I do think it will be Honduras. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of their players have been playing in MLS and have really grown since they've been in MLS and I think Honduras is on they're pretty confident they're on a high they're flying high and going to Honduras will be something that New Zealand has never experienced before I'm sure interesting we need to definitely follow up on that man and I keep you 
accountable. And then maybe people look at uh, the U.S. and be like, oh, you know what, maybe it is tough. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> First of all, I want to say thank you to Philip Roberts that sent us an email and talking about our episode with uh, Pia Sundhage. He himself is a youth coach for girls in um, Ohio. He mentioned in the email about um, how he could understand some of the stuff that we're saying, we, we, what we struggle with. And appreciated that we had someone like Pia on our episode talking about her career and the woman's career in the past and how it's been throughout her career and the growth of it that we're seeing right now. So thank you to Philip Roberts for sending us an email. And um, we also had another email sent us to us from... Uh, oh, no. That's right. And we also got another email from Martin Patterson just saying, keep up the good work. And uh, we have his support pretty much. And he's he ended the email by saying, it's <laughs> tough to be an Arsenal supporter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's so true. We, it's true, man. We feel you, man. We, we, feel appre- you. we appreciate the, the emails. We appreciate any tweets, emails, any sort of contact you get with you guys. And uh, continue doing that. And we'll give you a shout out on the show. And ask us any questions. Um, just show us some love. We show love back. Totally. Love it. So me and Kira are really curious about you too. So uh, we t- talk about our own lives here at the Oscar and King Sucker Podcast Show. But please send us um, your story, your soccer story, and we will like to, in a couple of weeks maybe even call you up or read your soccer story here on the show. And you can send it to Oscar and King at gmail.com and you know already how Oz, Koch, and King spells O-Z, K-O-C and King at gmail.com so send in your story and we will um, contact you and um, your story is also as important as our story like you said, Martin Martin said that it's pretty tough to be an Arsenal supporter and he's actually from London, right? and um, you know Watching this game between Manchester City and Arsenal, it, it it was for me at least, you know, following Arsenal my entire life and also seeing the rise of Manchester City. It kind of like came to a point in the game where I was thinking to myself, "Whoa, this Manchester City is for real." Oh, they've been for real for a while. They've been for real for a while. But, but this, this is... team is like, um, it's not even the, just the potential they have, it's more of the level they are at right now, which was uh, a lot of people are talking about. And I kind of want to pick your brain on how you feel about this game and in general. Well, I must say first, I've heard people say that you know, we shouldn't be sympathizing for Arsenal. Just to talk to Arsenal real quick. Yeah. We shouldn't be sympathizing for Arsenal because they 
didn't get blown out. They played. They were somewhat competitive in the game. Um, it's sad that's where Arsenal have fallen. That people are saying, "Oh, hey, at least we played well." Because uh, Arsenal should be wanting more than that, uh, expecting more than just playing well right. against a, a rival. Uh, I do think that Arsenal did not did play pretty well. I, I mean, don't. I think so. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's true we didn't get blown out. Manchester City have been just demolishing teams. Um, it's also true Man City missed a couple good chances, real good chances as yeah, well. Yeah, they did. Um, but I thought Arsenal, because I, I do realize that we aren't at City's level. We're not even at maybe not even at United's level or Chelsea's level. Um, but I do think that we did at least look good compared to how we were against Liverpool, where we just capitulated. Yeah, and how we've sometimes looked away to Chelsea and City in the past. Uh, it's so easy in these away games for Arsenal to just fall apart right you're right um so i am at least pleased that we didn't just give up we did show some sort of I mean, competitive know, spirit and no i agree but city were the better team for they sure. were the better team right and uh, for me it was also a penalty and it, it's that's it was the, offside too so that was clear offside you know, the penalty that's the yeah that's the tough one tough i lean one, towards yeah. penalty yeah but i can I think that's the bias in me. I can understand it going either way. Yeah, I thought it was not a penalty. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 2008. Where were you 2008? I don't know. I was probably in high school, not high school, middle school. <laughs> you're, you're yeah. so, I bet you were so adorable, man. You, did you have a Thierry Henry t-shirt? I, Jersey? Yeah, I believe so. Back, I mean, at that, that point. back then, he's at Barcelona, correct? Uh, he, yes, yeah, he would have been going to Barcelona, like that midpoint of leaving Arsenal, going to Barcelona. Yeah, and yeah. and um, I don't blame him. <laughs> no. No. And you were basically in the schoolyard and kicking the ball and playing with your friends. Yeah, baby. You know, or you were coming home from uh, a school day and kind of juggled the ball and um, and getting That's more and more get, getting more and more into it reading magazines and news and That's pretty accurate. Follow Where are you going with it? No, I'm going like uh, do you also remember that time what happened with Manchester City? This is almost like this is 9 years ago, right? Um I remember it pretty clearly. Uh so I kind of want to see if you remember I mean, uh, at that point when when referring to English football, we talked yeah. of the big four. Big four. Uh, so it was Liverpool, United, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Yeah. City. I always always at that point considered City the likes of City and Everton and Tottenham as kind of like that next tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like exactly. decent, competitive, but like maybe the best they could hope for was a Champions League spot. But ultimately, they they, they, they wouldn't get that. They yeah. wouldn't get that. They wouldn't they get would, that. Definitely wouldn't challenge for a title a league title exactly they were like miles away from a title yeah. contenders right or even be a super well-known team in the entire world like people having their jerseys and following them um that was like unimaginable at that point mm. you know like um teams like tottenham and manchester city will be in like you know in the second and the third spot in the Premier League, no way, no way. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Or they would be in the Champions League and do serious business and have that big of a follower around the world was like unimaginable. And uh, yet, we saw, you know, with 
Abramovich mm. coming into a team like Chelsea and taking them into this category of top four, taking in them to really buy in good players, quality players for a lot of money, and really show some type of ambition. And with Mourinho and, you know, Drogba, Frank Lampard, John Terry, Petr Cech, and definitely other great players, they won the league. And eventually, they came all the way to a Champions League final, lost it, but they got another chance against Bayern Munich, and they won. We saw that they evolution. Went from, yeah, they went from an average team. Average team. And honestly, I remember in the 90s, they were they were growing. They weren't quite the upper, upper echelons. They weren't quite at the top of like Arsenal and United, but they were a pretty solid team in the 90s. Um, but then, like you said, Abramovich came in, and they the money that poured in just took Chelsea from over that threshold from being a good solid team like that second good solid yeah. maybe second tier team yeah to now they're an elite team in exactly England. and you know i remember those times where it was only like manchester united arsenal and liverpool basically chelsea came into that right yeah and uh, i remember uh that all the kids that i saw that were wearing a chelsea jersey um, they were basically plastic fans. They were calling them plastic Bad fans. Bandwagon fans. You know, you're just cheering for this team because uh, they got a lot of money and play great players. You know what I mean? But, I mean, fast forward now, uh, 15 years forward, it's... You could have some true Chelsea fans now. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, they at least pound their chest that we won Champions League or we won the, you know, the, the title. And now they have at least a history on their own, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's real said. And now City have, I think they've already fallen in that same, same sort of path. Exactly. Exactly. And when did it start? For me... When it really started was 2008. 2008, Manchester City was bought for 200 million pounds by the Sheikh and um, uh, eventually got bought by City Football Group, which is the same kind of owners, right? And uh, the first thing they did, right? The first thing they did um, was buy in players. They bought in players like you know it doesn't sound that quality players but at the time they were really they were pretty much important players in their teams right i mean you had Craig Bellamy you had uh, Wayne Bridge you had Sean Wright Phillips you had you know um the body and company the body right and um, but the biggest um of that transfer window in that summer was they managed to buy Rubinho. Ooh, Rubinho, that's Rubinho, right. Rubinho, man. He was the, for the most expensive player like in, in Premier League transfer. And they came in with that. And I remember like, a lot of people were talking, uh, you know, they're not going to be a big team. You know, uh, it's not going to happen. Um, but I felt like, man, now... Manchester City would try to almost copy the same success that 
Chelsea has done in the years. And the warning signs were there. Sure. You know, the warning signs were there. They were really investing a lot of money, energy into build a brand with a plan. Mm. What about Arsenal at that time? Arsenal were that was I'd say the height of the I consider that sort of period like uh, uh, the height of Arsenal's Barcelona esque style. Okay, what you mean? I mean they that's ones with Nasri, Fabregas, Arshavin, Rosicky. They were such amazingly technically gifted players. Yeah, and Arsenal played by far and still sometimes to an extent even nowadays but during around 2008 through maybe 2010 11 yeah. or so by far the most attractive style of football i mean they had alexander song song as well yeah. really really great player and they had a lot of young players coming up to kieran gibbs you know obviously they had a few walkout and jack willisher was very young at that time there you go. yeah and um, you know he had like Okay, now they are at least looking bright for long term yeah. with these players. I right? can't. I can't remember if um, back then people were like pundits were um, criticizing, would say stuff like they say nowadays, same old Arsenal. They look really good, but ultimately they don't deliver once it matters. Right. Um, that was the case, but I don't know if back then it was perceived as like this ongoing problem with Arsenal because it was still kind of early on. They'd only just been a few years earlier, Champions League final, uh, Premier yeah. League title, yeah. FA Cup title. Yeah. So maybe at this point it was still seen as, oh, there's still a lot of hope for Arsenal. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you, I don't I don't know either what the pundits were saying, yeah. uh, but for me, it was almost like you said. It was like, okay, they are building something, right? It's like 50-50. I mean, we have good talented players and within two three years we will be like really like right. at it you yeah. know what i mean once from is full-blown soccer professional right yeah once we have just fabregas a little older and be that captain that we want him to be right and uh, i'm not mistaken in thinking that nicholas bender was seen as such a oh. high up Good prospect at the time. Never. You know? He's never been seen. That, never was. Man. I can't remember. Never, man. <laughs> Good super sub. Not even that, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I just want to compare a little bit, right? I mean, Arsenal at that time had... Uh, oh, I mean, f- for me, it was kind of like... Uh, disappointing because we had so many... Also, bad players. Sure. I mean, let's be real. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like bad players as in not as in you play in a Sunday league and you cannot make that guy, but bad players as in Sylvester wasn't the best yeah. <laughs> for Arsenal. Ibuya at for... that time was not the best for Arsenal. Oh, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I mean, Ibuya personally, I thought he was always good. been. But good player but he still went to Galatasaray right I mean he was sure, at the end of his top professional career uh, uh, maybe who did you say Silvestre who did, who else was it um Galas Galas uh, Galas was okay Juru okay there's one yeah Juru you're not gonna rely on him for much yeah to win a Premier League who was the keeper 
Um, was it Amunia the part number one? Amunia, man. Yeah, that was before Chesney, right? Yeah. So. And even Chesney, yeah, or Fabianski. Uh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like Arsenal somehow always managed to have good attacking players, but the defense hasn't been um, in the same kind of level. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and uh, it kind of was obvious in this weekend's game when he, Wenger had to put down um, Coughlin, Coughlin, you know, but. To watch this Manchester City team, amazing building to come to where they are. You know, have a plan, have a long-term idea, um, have went through a nice, interesting journey, right? I mean, uh, the best first player they had was Carlos Tevez. That's, for me, that's, uh, you're right, I actually forgot that um, the same season they bought Rubinho was yeah. once... Likes of Vincent Company arrived as well. He's been huge. huge. But for me, the perception on City really changed once Tevez joined the season after. Exactly. That's yeah. once they they not quite were at that level, that top top level of United or Chelsea. But that's once I started seeing them as a real like they're coming for it. They're, they're coming. They're for coming it. for the rest of the Premier League. Yeah. 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 And and they eventually. Um, not it didn't take too long time, right? I mean, huh? it, it, they started to. I remember the um, yeah. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but the one or two seasons before they won the title, yeah, they had this epic series of games with Manchester United. I remember this League Cup tie, a League Cup semi final, believe where they played you know two legs, yeah, two epic games. Um, I think there's an FA Cup in there as well, if I remember. Plus the league, they're just yeah. epic. Epic contest. It was that one time, Balotelli, why always me? Never forget Wayne Rooney's bicycle goal yeah. against yeah. Manchester City. And it was like this clash. Are they going to come? Are they going to do it? You know? But 2008, when it really all started, we want to take you to that game between Manchester City and Arsenal at... Etihad Stadium. Then it was called... Uh, of course, it was known as the City of Manchester Stadium. Let's take you to that game. Johnny again. And it's with him. Stephen Ireland. Stephen there as well. Here's Ireland! City finally get that bit of luck in front of goal and take the lead right on the stroke of half-time. And the man who's worked hardest in that central midfield area in the first half, Stephen Ireland, deservedly gets a goal. A little bit of relief for Mark Hughes' side. It was a well-worked opening. Benjani picked out the run of Stephen Ireland. He had a little bit of fortune as he went through and passed Giroud. The ball ricocheted back to him. And it was a competent finish past Almunia from close range. Stephen Ireland has three goals in his last two City matches. The first goal was scored by Steven Ireland, but that blooper or that... Oh, it's... <laughs> what is that, man? I mean, can you describe what just happened? You know, it was... Uh... Well, it's just uh, a couple of the Arsenal players. Clichy, I believe, and Giroud. Uh, it's just there too, man. I mean, they just try to clear the ball. Ireland doesn't do anything. He just sort of runs yeah. straight forward. The Arsenal defenders tried to clear it, but they ended up kicking it off each other and running into each other and falling down. And Ireland is just picks it up and tucks it home. 
Leeds City break. A quality finish from the young Brazilian. Eight Premier League goals now. Time is run to perfection, but what about the finish? Took the ball in his stride, one touch. by two goals to nil. This goal by Robinho chipping over Almunia was a showcase of where this club wants to go. You know what I mean? They brought in this super player from Real Madrid. No one could really believe it. Yeah. Like, it was like, are you kidding me? Robinho... I mean, from Real Madrid, yeah. like he's, there's got to be something wrong with this, you know what I mean? And um, I have to say, I've wondered with Chelsea, with Manchester City, respect to their history. So they do have a long history. Yeah, they do. Um, but I wonder if players, I don't know, Rubinho or whoever, mm-hmm. coming into a club like Manchester City wouldn't rather... Go- Normally you hear... Players, oh, I hear of how majestic Liverpool's history is and how glorious Man United's history and Arsenal's history is. And then they come to Chelsea or City, which has just had a history of big success yeah. over the past 10, 15 years. I wonder if that... I wonder why they choose that over... You can choose whichever you want. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I want, normally you often hear of them choosing the, the big club like Arsenal or City or uh, Arsenal or Chelsea or... United, yeah, to have a long period of success. Exactly, but so. but but isn't it isn't it because uh, money? That's probably it. Money, yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Money speaks, right? But isn't it because of the plan? Yeah, that's fair. You know, isn't it because of the plan rather than what they done in the past? Yeah, and more about what they will do. That makes sense. And uh, I guess that's that, what you could say about an MLS with expansion teams coming in yeah and you have atlanta united for example and i guess players like almiron and martinez are drawn in by what the vision they have going exactly forward, also why would neymar leave for psg you know right. yeah. Uh, yeah. and kind of buy into that concept and uh, and uh, arsenal around that time i felt like we're losing that concept who scored the third goal in on penalty? I don't know. I, I mean, can you have a wild <laughs> guess? Robinho? No, okay, let me put it like this. A very young, talented English player scored a goal. Andy Johnson? Or Adam Johnson, whatever his name is. He, he plays today for a very big club. James Milner? Mm, okay. Uh, no, no. Um, he was even younger. I mean, I, I'm guessing right now, but he would be probably like 19, 20 years old here. He's not a starter. Oh, for Daniel Sturridge. Daniel Sturridge, man. Really? Good job. Oh, good job. <laughs> yeah, he scored a he scored a penalty, man. And um... penalty, and City has scored. It's Daniel Sturridge. Second Premier League goal of the season. Sturridge, who won the penalty, took the penalty. 
despite the fact that Ilano initially had placed the ball on the spot, sent the keeper the wrong way. Signs of things to come from him. His time at City weren't wasn't uh, stellar. No, but but we know the player that he would become into with his Liverpool days. And um, Arsenal put more effort in to keep players like, you know, Denilson, Carlos Vela, Theo Walcott, Justin Hoyt. Um, you also had players like uh, Niklas Bentner. Yeah. Mm. Mm. This was, I, I suppose, the beginning of, for Arsenal, the beginning of same old Arsenal. Same right? old Arsenal. It wasn't, maybe not have been seen back then. I can't remember. But um, from then to now, is this once we've had Arsenal looks good at times. Yeah. So ultimately, we don't have the players that deliver at the right moment. Uh, City have some of the core players still there. Uh, Winston Company. Joe Hart stayed for a while. Was yeah. it big for them? Yes. Um, they also have... Uh, that year, they also got Sabaleta that basically left the club last year, right? And Arsenal, they they only have Theo Walcott, Jack Wilshere left in the team from that time. But we're putting all our hope on Wilshere, though. <laughs> we still do. Yeah. We still do. He's going to come back. That's what I said, right? Yeah, but man, thinking of that City team, though, of the players they brought, I mean, we mentioned some, but it's uh, Nigel De Young as well. No, Shea Gaming counts too, man. He, he was played, a good right? keeper, dude. Sean Wright Phillips. You know, they, they were coming up, right? But look at this year's Manchester City team. World beaters. They are, have reached a crazy level. And it's, I mean, you just have to look at their head coach, and that just goes to show you the type of player that they're team has yes with Pep Guardiola he's not gonna he's not gonna accept anything less than than what they have now and they brought in the sports directors from Barcelona and we, you know with that knowledge and with the real business people around this club they're really taking this project to buy in players like Bernardo Silva that's on the bench yeah you know Raheem Sterling and Sané, they are incredible talents, very young. They have Kunagiro and Gabriel Jesus available as a strikers. They have someone like Yaya Touré on the bench. You say, do you think that uh, they can win the Champions League? Right now, if they look like the most complete or the most daunting team in Europe to me. You never. Ever? Forever, uh, forever, forever. Not really. Not yet. <laughs> no. In the but Premier League, yes. In the Premier League, yes. So you don't think they can win Europe Champions League? No, I think Arsenal's gonna win it. <laughs> <laughs> It's our pleasure, mine and Carrie's pleasure, to each week be here with you and each week that we come together at this moment, wherever you are, in your setting, in your personal time, that we get together and we share our stories and we give our picture of the game, but also we bring in stories from 
the soccer world that will touch us both. We're happy that we can be the support and be the voice in your life when you need it most. You know, it's kind of like we. It's kind of like sometimes we kind of get stressed, or we kind of have so much to do, and we kind of forget that we need to take some personal time for ourselves. You know, we always go from one thing to the other. We always kind of thinking about what to do next, or we thinking about the next test, the studying, or work or meeting, or we need to make sales, or whatever it could be, right? It could be uh, relationship problems, or it could be that we're stressing that we're not getting playing time when we play soccer, which is also a lot of energy consuming. And we want to be here with you in this moment, and we are very, honestly, we are very thankful for you taking your time to listen and be with us. It means a lot to us that you are doing it. are curious about you we are curious about your soccer background so we want you to send us an email on oscoachingking at gmail.com write it to us and we will definitely uh, get back to you and we will also if you want to we can share it on the podcast as well subscribe to our show write a comment and send us the email and we will have a shout out for sure I really hope that we can put some sort of smooth jazz in that speech you just did. I'm really... <laughs> in the background? Yeah, this is perfect. But you're right, though. You're yes. right, though. I mean, <laughs> it's just exciting to be... Exciting times to be a fan of the game. Yeah. We mentioned it. World Cup qualifiers yes, coming too. up this week. And... Uh, well, this is it for a lot of teams. Yeah. This is this is this where is they need to make that push. Exactly. Make that push as we get to the promised land. That's yes. the World Cup. Yes. Uh, That's the ultimate like goal any player wants to play and or at least experience and be a part of. Yeah. And it kind of comes down to the last qualifications now. My team final hurdle. S- Sweden man. Yeah. Playing against Italy. Woo. I, okay, I have decided what to do. I decided. Oh, yeah? yeah, I have decided. Going to the bar or staying home? I'm going to the bar. Ooh. I'm going to have my Sweden jacket and my Ibrahimovic jersey, and I'm going to be there. I'm not going to paint my face, but I'm going to be in the face of the Italian faces. <laughs> I'll join you. I'll join you. I'll I'll be in my U.S. jersey looking very sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, bro. But... My joy is your joy, isn't it? Um, yeah, I suppose it is. I guess. I guess for you, that part. You guess? Yeah, your joy is my joy. All that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to be rooting for Sweden. Although, 
It will be weird if there's a World Cup without Italy, but... Yeah. Heck, if there's a World Cup without Italy, then there can be a World Cup without the U.S. So, exactly, it can. It I can. will be rooting for Sweden. It can. And, of course, the big qualifier, though, we all know, is the Honduras-New Zealand World Cup qualifier. Um, wait, wait, wait. Isn't it... Wait, wait, wait. I thought it was Honduras-Australia. Right. Did I say New Zealand? You said New Zealand. And you said New Zealand earlier. Have I been saying New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> it's You said Honduras-New Zealand earlier in this episode. You, oh. It's Honduras against Australia. Before all our New Zealand and Honduras and uh, Australian... Uh, Friends get listener, mad. Yeah, get mad. Let's correct this. That was my mistake. I, me- I was thinking Australia literally the entire time. Uniforms and everything. New Zealand came out for whatever reason. Okay. But uh, I apologize. Don't come and kill us. So make us. it clear. Who's playing? So Honduras versus Australia, which will be a cracker of a game. Oof, yes. Uh, uh, of a series. And uh, Peru is playing New Zealand, by the way. That should be a good one, too. <laughs> yeah. Same sort, of, same sort of concept. I think Peru will go through. I believe so. They're favorites. And I think Honduras will win. Over Australia? I think so, too. I still think they will because... Australia same thing applies whether it's New Zealand or Australia but I meant Australia but Australia uh, has not really played in an environment like Honduras before or Central America before I think that will be the deciding factor interesting cultural crash clash but yeah exciting times on international fronts and exciting time for club football with all the excitement that's going on in leagues throughout Europe, much more exciting than we expected. Like, yeah, with Italy, for example. And if you are a Manchester City fan, you've got to be licking your lips. Yeah. The performances that that City have been doing. Man. I mean, they're... Dangerous team. Oof. Most dangerous in Europe. They have to be. They have to be. In my opinion. I mean, that offense. Kevin De Bruyne, Sané, Kunagiro, Raheem Sterling. They're, they're killing it. Clicking on all cylinders. Firing on all cylinders. They make other big clubs look like... Bad teams almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one could imagine this. No one could really imagine this. But do you think the owners of City Football Club and and Manchester City did they see this 2008 when they bought the club? I think they did. They did, right? Yeah. They had this ambition. Yeah. That one day be the best club in the world and play the most beautiful soccer and i mean they uh right off the bat they set their sights short term for the premier league well they got that twice they got it twice next up champions league they got the semifinals a couple years ago yeah and now like i said they they are in my opinion the number one team they started to buy in quality but expensive players mm-hmm. they brought in mancini to come in with his experience to set up the level and um Eventually, they kind of reach their goals. The right. ultimate goal is Champions League. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see. But we all remember that era with you know when they bought Robinho company. They have Sean Wright Phillips. I mean, Stephen Ireland. Stephen was the one Ireland scored the goal against. Yeah, his tattoo on his back. Have you seen it? No. He's just like uh, angel wings all over his back. Uh, <laughs> and Arsenal. We all remember. That era when we had William Gallas, we had, you know, Silvestre, we had Giroud, we had Batman, we had Walcott. Oh, yeah, that's right. We still have Walcott. Hey, Wilshire too. And Wilshire too, our savior. That's what we hope for. Hopefully. 
I mean, we feel like we feel like there is so much to do and there is so much more to comment. However, what's most important is that all of you that listen to our show and all of you in your daily life to be ease on yourself and give yourself more encouragement and push yourself that you can do it. You can go to the gym. You can take the time to work out. You can cut the fast food and get your diet well. You can practice more often and you can set the routines for you as you wish. I mean, you need to have a plan like the shakes that had a plan and go. And as do we. We have a plan and we have a goal. I think you need to, with all the stuff that's going on, I think you just need to sit back and relax. relax and enjoy man. the football. Enjoy it while it's happening in front of us. Thank you again for listening to the 13th episode of the Oz, Koch, and King Soccer Podcast Show. Oh.